0: Hey Dave How are you today on The What Difference Does It Make Podcast?
1: I am magnifique today, Dave
0: Why might one say magnifique? What's happening? Can
1: you give that a little more French? Magnifique
0: Okay well, you say that because we were speaking to a man, an international man of mystery. Who is this guy?
1: Let me make him less mysterious to you. His name is Sam Zniber. He has programmed radio stations, basically the entire world. Well, he's originally from Morocco, although he speaks French and he lives in France and he has for, for many, many years. He has programmed radio stations in Miami, Florida, in Quebec, in Sydney, Australia, in his home country of France. So he is a radio pro,
0: and we're going to learn a lot more about that too. Child prodigy, it turns out. So really nice to talk to him, and we're going to get into the songs that K-Rock played back in 1986. The songs we have chosen for Sam are songs 40 to 31, and we're going to get... All up in that. <laughs> but before we do, how else can people find us?
1: Well, check us out on social media at WDDIM Podcast and on our YouTube channel at What Difference Does It Make Podcast. There will be outtakes from this interview with Sam. You'll definitely want to check those out.
0: Très Let's just dig right into it then. And yes, this is Sam Zniber on the What Difference Does It Make Podcast. All right. Hey guys, how are you?
1: Hey Sam, how are you?
0: I'm good. I can't talk very loud because the family
2: is sleeping. It's midnight. I'm in my kitchen. It's good to see you, Holly.
1: It's good to see you too. This is Dave. Dave, Sam.
2: Nice to meet you, Dave. You have a nice mic.
0: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
2: and a nice sound too. Well, i am trying.
1: After midnight is when you do your best work with those in the U.S.?
2: Yes, Yes, I, 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 because now I, I have a client in the U.S. in San Francisco with my startup. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, a lot uh, awake at midnight. What is a startup? It's music research, but uh, not with panels and people. It's directly connected to the APIs of music platform and social media. So we don't need to test that on people. We're we are using the power of the algorithms of all those platforms and bringing that to radio. Uh, with uh, research
1: you started this a few years ago
2: yeah i i the company and uh, i have it started like uh, in 2008 uh, when i was working for a radio group in france and i offered them to do it but i think it was too early so they didn't get it and then i was working for a research company and i told them about the idea and didn't had any positive answer and then i worked for another group uh, that was like 2020 in france and i talked about this idea and they they say to me wait good luck (laughs) <laughs> and then I, I uh, created it. And what is amazing is that the radio stations uh, that are using it are having uh, amazing results in, in ratings. So we have clients in New Zealand, Estonia, Norway, Sweden, France, US.
1: You've been all over in the States. You worked in Miami, right?
2: Yes, for Magic 12.7.
1: You were in Montreal.
2: Yeah, for the Beat 92.5.
1: You were in Sydney.
2: In Sydney for Mix (laughs) 26.5, part of iHeartRadio.
1: You have been everywhere, and now you're settled, so you're not leaving France again. You're sta- you guys are intending to stay there.
2: Yeah, well, you never know. But right now, my, I'm on air on a station uh, that is a big station in France called Nostalgie. It's the same format as uh, the format we're going to talk about today. It's uh, mainly the 80s, so I'm doing um, 12 to 4 p.m. every day on Monday to Friday weekdays, plus my uh, startup. So uh, yes, for the moment, I'm here, and it's nice being here.
1: Are you doing your shift
2: live? Yes, it's live and it, nothing is automatic. So every seg I'm doing it, uh, all the mixes, the, the liners, the sweepers, the jingles, it's like uh, exactly as it was uh, when I was a teen because I stopped being on air in 1998. So yeah, I'm back uh, and it's fun to do it as it was before. Well, now we don't have a desk anymore. It's all uh, tactical. It's on the... Um, on the screens. I have like six screens in front of me and I'm pushing buttons on the screens. And yeah, it's very exciting.
0: No card machines?
2: No ah, machines. I remember. That was so fun. I <laughs> love the sound of those card machines. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: They had a great sound.
0: You lived in Miami for a few years?
2: Yes, yes. Yeah. I lived in Miami for, uh, well, uh, almost 10 years. And I really enjoyed it because, well, the first part of Miami, I was working for radio intelligence. I had clients in uh, Brazil. Spain, Portugal, and in the second part I was a PD of Magic Two Point Seven. Now it's called The Beach. And it was very really fun because it was a classic hit station. When I arrived, the station was doing 2.7 in share, and when I left, it was doing a 5.2. So I stayed 30 months, and every month it was up because we had a lot of fun. And Miami, yeah, yeah. Miami is fun. I told Holly many times that I would have preferred Los Angeles, but I didn't find a gig in LA. Where did you grow up? I'm born in Casablanca, that's in uh, Morocco, and lived there until uh, nine, and then I lived uh, one year in California. It was fun. I was 10, so it was really fun, 9, 10, and then France, so uh, I'm um, born in Africa. I'm an African-European.
0: Gotcha, okay. But it was probably when you moved back to Paris that you started listening to the radio and discovering music.
2: No, no, I started in California. Is that right? When I was nine. And then when I arrived in France, I was uh, 11, 12. I started radio right away.
0: Uh, so in California, what was the station that you listened to?
2: I don't remember. Every time I'm, I talk about it in the U.S., people ask me what's <laughs> the name of the station. But I remember the sound. I remember the mics. I remember the style. I remember the, the feeling of it. And it was exciting for a nine-year-old kid to discover all of this. It changed my life.
0: So from California, you moved to France. Where in France? In the south,
2: in the south of France. And then a few years later to to Paris. And now I'm in Le Mans. Le Mans is uh, where you have the 24-hour race.
0: Oh, Right, right, yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah. so that's one hour by train to, to Paris. And it's a nice place to be because it's very green and I can do my stuff.
0: Okay, so you were a teenager living in the south of France as a teenager. That must have been... Nice. I would have enjoyed that, I would imagine.
2: Yeah, it was nice, and it was the beginning of the FM stations. So I was twelve, and I called the uh, number one station, and I told them, "Hey, I just spent one year in the U.S. You're doing everything wrong."
0: And, <laughs> Isn't that nice.
2: And the GM, he said, "Okay, c- come, come next Wednesday." So I came, and we had a three-hour talk. So I talked to him about the sound, about the sweepers, about the passion for music, and everything that I. I was listening to when I was in California and he said okay you want a show and I said yes I want to show what kind of music you want to play so I say I want a, a mix of funk music like uh, George Benson imagination and stuff like that with new wave like uh, zig zig sputnik and, and aha and pop music and then that station that was uh, number 1 it was called FM7 uh, then it became part of the big brand energy so uh, at uh, 14, I was on the number one radio station called Energy and it was uh, very fun. yeah
1: 14, that's what you're thinking yeah, I know right, no, 14, was... you know what we were doing was... We were taking the bus to the beach. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh.
0: Did you go by your own name?
2: Sam Z in, in French it's in French, it's Sam Z
0: And you've always just been doing research. you just called up and said, look I, I've done re- I've done my research and this guy I love that. That's amazing Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, so you were a star, you were in high school, and you were a big star then. I mean, because clearly the kids were listening to you probably, I would imagine, right? Yeah, but I was not there a lot. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Did you play the dances? Were you spinning, uh, you know... At yes the, oh, okay good yeah I was going
2: into clubs and I was talking to the people who are were managing those clubs and they were like how are you and I was like well I'm 14 or say so how did you get here and then yeah they, they gave me some nights and I was DJing and then I was DJing in huge rave bodies and stuff like that but I was 18 or
0: 20 at that time Wow. and your parents were all in at 14 they were like yeah, great.
2: No, no, my mother oh. tried to stop the everything and she almost stopped everything for like around three or four months and
0: then and then I start again. Wow. <laughs> Mom, you're embarrassing <laughs> me. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, a parent wants their kid to have a, a normal childhood.
0: Yeah, she tried. But clearly <laughs> you found your passion immediately. This was it. Yeah. You knew it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah I, th- yeah. I think when I heard that the sound of that station in California, I knew it was for me.
1: So was yeah. it the music and radio equally?
2: Yeah, it was uh, m- music and radio. Music, why? Because it was the language that I find that can be used worldwide. And because I've noticed when I was seven, there was the um, Saturday Night Fever movie, and there was that uh, album with the Bee Gees. And I've noticed that in the south of Morocco, in the desert, they were listening to the, the song. And then in the city center of Kazan Luka, they were listening to this song. And then in Paris, they were listening to this song. And in California, they were listening to these songs. I was like, ah, that's the language I like. <laughs> And then radio, it was how those people were listening to it, to those songs all around the world. So there was something that was correlating all those people around the world, and it was music and radio.
0: As you're talking, I'm going through your CV and like, you went through uh, Australia. Did you enjoy? I mean, Australia just seems like. Mm -hmm. Ah, it's paradise. Well, yeah.
2: (laughs) Especially Sydney, it's paradise. And uh, the Australian people, everything is very different. And the weather, the lifestyle, the. The space because i think australia is the size of the us with only 20 million people it's that's, it's, that's
0: california it's,
2: yeah yeah with the size of the us it's uh it's amazing i loved it and i love the people i worked with people like bob uh, bob longwell who was the ceo eric stevens who was the marketing director uh jeremy millar he was the group pd it was a great team i loved i love sydney
0: having fun talking radio with our new friend, Sam Zed. We're going to take a break right now, and we will return shortly.
3: Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them.
1: And we're back on the What Difference Does It Make podcast with our guest, Sam Zniber.
0: Let's get into it right now. We're doing the 106.7 songs from 1986. This is from our radio station that we listen to, KROQ. And the 10-song chunk of songs that we gave you are songs 40 to 31. So we're going to count these down, and we're going to get your opinion and uh, give us whatever fun facts or memories that you have of these songs. Uh, Number 40 is by New Order Manchester Shellshock What can you tell me about this song?
2: my best uh, memory of manchester is when I, I met Tom wilson who was the the guy behind the new order who was the owner of the label who uh, signed new order and for uh two years and a half seen him like almost every week and he told me about all those stories with those groups in manchester and it was amazing to see and become a friend of the guy who was behind New Order and all this music scene. It was a crazy time. And mm-hmm. you have to watch a movie called, uh, maybe you watch it. 24-hour party people. Oh, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Love it.
2: <laughs> so that's the Tony Wilson. Uh, and, and and when I saw that movie, it was at the premiere and uh, Tony uh, Wilson was there, of course. And it was uh, amazing all those years to 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 see that the uh, those guys and my, my favorite of new order is blue monday
0: mm-hmm.
1: i love this song this is mm. my favorite i had not listened to this song in years
0: this is from a soundtrack the song shell shock is from pretty and pink were you a film fan did you watch these films in the 80s yeah
2: i was a fan of all those movies and i was also a fan of that mtv style and, and the way they were playing those soundtracks on mtv all the time and
1: was there anything else there that competed? Was there an MTV-style channel?
2: Yeah, maybe in the 80s, that was um, not really competing. It was later in the 90s. Then I became PD of a TV channel called Fun TV. That was uh, the TV of the radio, a Radio. And we uh, became bigger than MTV, but uh, MTV was not, was not playing music anymore, so it was not fun competing with them.
1: <laughs> but you were playing music. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We were, we were at that time. It was 1997, and we were filming the radio. And and when the joke was playing a song, we were playing the the video. Yeah, oh. it was ahead of its time. Did you also
1: have cameras in the studio at that point? Yeah, that was pretty yeah. early, right?
2: Very early. Too early, I think. But we became the most viewed music TV uh, channel. So you were a TV
0: host for 12 years in Paris.
2: Yeah, TF1 and France 2. I was a TV host, yeah. It was not my best souvenir, uh, being on TV. I'm more a
0: radio guy. So you were like Carson Daly. Did you talk to the the artist? (laughs) Yeah, I had that.
2: Uh, And also I was... um, I was uh, presenting the top 40, like uh, the UK top 40 on TV. That was the same thing in France. And I was the presenter
0: of that thing. You didn't like being on camera. 12 yeah. years. You liked part of it. You must have liked <laughs> like being... <laughs> yeah, I I, I like uh, the film. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, when
2: you want, you want to do something on TV, it's always very long. And it costs a lot of money. When on radio, it's you want to do something, you just do it very quickly. And it's not the same... As soon as I can go back to radio, I went back to radio
0: number thirty nine by Arcadia. Do you remember Arcadia? This is the Duran Duran offshoot. The song is called "The Flame." Did you see the video? There's a whole plot going on and they're yeah, playing yeah. they're playing yeah, yeah. characters. Like, I uh, like
1: Edwardian, just ancient with the costumes and the- Yes.
2: Yes. They were really good during the reign with that type of stuff. They were having uh, some fun
0: with it. What was it? Simon is kind of the nerdy guy. kinda of, it's kinda of reminded me a little bit of Rocky Horror picture show. Like he's the nerdy guy and and uh and nick rhodes raff. yeah
2: it's it's very like that yeah you're right and i i was not a big fan of this song at that time i was more into the reflex yes and a uh, view to a kill of course uh and i went to see a concert with duran Duran in a big room it was amazing
0: was this recently and, or was this back in the, the no 80s? that
2: was like 80 84 oh, 85
0: yeah during the, a, oh right then yeah perfect yeah it was at the time of the reflex yeah
1: do we did you see that Dave
0: no I, that show? no because my sister was so into it I couldn't be into it it was just <laughs> you know like this is okay this is just a boy band it took me a if while if you only
1: knew who it, cares
0: right I wish I knew I would have
1: music is music yeah. yeah
0: yeah I was a little bit yeah snobby so, you know, I did the same thing with Lady
2: Gaga when uh, she released her first uh, oh, okay. song. I was like,
0: huh, she's gonna make one hit and and bye bye, and then she became huge. <laughs> so speaking of one hit wonders, number thirty eight, Sig Sig Sputnik, Love Missile, F one eleven, which apparently you love.
2: everything about it i love the design of the of the artwork Mm -hmm. of the cover i love the spirit it's a little bit like daft punk before daft punk Mm -hmm. and i believe that they released an album with ads between songs i vaguely remember that that, yeah and there was also an energy jingle between two songs in the album from radio energy in france I, i couldn't believe it an album with ads and an uh, energy jingle on it between the two songs. I loved it. I loved the energy from it. And I know it's very. How would you say it? It's uh, like um,
0: kind of be cynical about like what they do. Yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's very cynical. It's like it's like it's made made up. It's completely made up. It's uh,
0: right. It's not a real band, or it didn't feel like a real band. They're selling ads, who, but they're clearly yeah, these but concepts but, are ahead of their time.
2: Yes, and there was something, the message they wanted to deliver that was uh, exciting. And and wow. when you look at what happened in the past decades with social media and ads and stuff, and Daft Punk and Electro Music, they, they were ahead of, the, of their times, yes.
0: <laughs> then my apologies for giving Sig Sig Svatnik a short shrift there. Yeah, amazing.
1: Thank you for also including the Ferris Bueller clip, because that was... That was a total treat. I had forgotten about that song in that film because you only think of Yellow from soundtracks or from the film. Yeah. yeah, That's really the one you think of. So this is great. This was so fun to see.
0: Were you a movie fan? Did you go to all these these films in the 80s and you know, see? I,
2: I was going to see one movie per day at that time. Yeah, there was no internet, so I was... You know, movie theater all the time.
1: He was too busy programming radio
0: stations. (laughs) Well, that's true. He he was 14. (laughs) He had no time for this stuff. (laughs) Were you doing afternoons or evenings? When was your shift? Well, when I started, when I was 12,
2: I was doing Wednesday afternoon because there was no school on Wednesday afternoon and Saturday afternoons. And then a few years later, I was always having the same shift. It was uh, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Perfect. Yeah.
0: Hmm. No school on Wednesdays? No schools on
2: Wednesdays.
0: Yes. Wait, school four days a week.
2: Sometimes you have school on Wednesday morning, and sometime and that's that was a bad news. But I think I never went. There was school on Saturday morning. That ain't right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I never went. Okay. Yeah, clearly. You had other but priorities. But because
1: you had a job, not because you just didn't go.
0: Oh, most. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, are you kidding? Saturday's when you, you got it, that's a double feature day for, you guys go to the movies <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> my God. All right. Number 37. This is The Smiths. Big Mouth Strikes Again.
3: Sweetness, sweetness. I was only joking
1: when I said I'd like to mush it.
2: I have absolutely no memories about this song. Really? I checked the
0: video, I listened to it, and I was like, ah, I didn't know this song existed. And I'm glad I know now. Yeah. Were you a (laughs) fan of the Smiths? You must have known of the band.
2: Yeah, I know. I knew the Smiths, but I was more into the electronic, new wave, housey stuff. Okay. And the Smiths for me at that time was a little bit too rock, too rocky. For the rock part, I was more into stuff like uh, Jump, Van Halen. Okay. Yeah. You know, like the
0: big hits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get you.
1: Hair bands. Yes. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah. Rob, the final countdown. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that was a good one. A uh, li- Dave. Yes? Yes, Where do Holly? you
1: stand on this, Davis? Dave, where oh, do you lo- stand on this?
0: Oh, I loved it. I mean, because it's it, this was also like a sarcastic song. You know, and just kind of uh, you know, tongue and cheek. I saw the humor in it. I loved Johnny Marr's guitar part. I I loved everything mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, big fan of the Smiths and a big fan of this song. You like it?
1: This is where we veer off a little bit. Dave is all about the lyrics, and I always gravitate to the music first. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm with the Smiths. Really, I liked the music, but I'm with you. Know, I was more synthy and and new wavy.
0: Very good. Yeah. Yeah. It's I don't know. I still enjoy hearing it. I still I love I love Morrissey's vocal. I mean, you might not like the what he's singing, but I just love I I love everything about this.
1: Yeah.
0: And I'm glad still around to listen and enjoy. Um okay, number 36, The Cure, Boys Don't Cry, mm-hmm. which is a old song that was originally came out in 79 and made a resurgence in 86. Cure, are you a
2: Cure fan? I was, yeah. I was a Cure fan, and it was crazy enough to make me uh, interested. Same thing. It was the MTV type of craziness. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah,
0: I'm sure it's a song you hear over and over and over again. Will you be happy if you hear that song? Holly and I just bought tickets to see The Cure in a couple months Mm -hmm. at the Hollywood Bowl. Will you be disappointed if you don't hear Boys Don't Cry? Of course. What about you, Holly? Will you be disappointed. I'm, I asked Holly because she doesn't like to hear songs she hears all the time for some weird reason.
1: Okay. I'll tell you this. I will be disappointed if I don't hear Boys Don't Cry. I won't be disappointed if I didn't hear Friday I'm in Love. That's not an era. That's not my, you know, that's not my favorite era of, of the cure. But Boys Don't Cry, yeah, I, I don't care. I could hear it regularly and I'd be happy. <laughs> I like the video also with the the, the kids and then the, the adult shadows behind them.
0: Right, right, yeah. You automatically, he's one of those where you see the silhouette of Robert Smith. You're like, yeah, that's, that's Robert Smith. Yeah, no doubt no about mistaking. it. No mistaking. No mistaking who that is.
1: And he is my hero of all heroes with what he's doing with Ticketmaster right now for the record. So he's,
0: he's uh, yeah, he's trying to keep prices down and not on the secondary market there it's a big issue here i'm sure it is in in europe but in the u.s they have dynamic pricing where whatever they feel that the price the highest price that they can get for a ticket is what they will charge so instead of uh you know like depeche mode just sold their tickets like something comparable to what we just bought uh for the cure is going for three three hundred or and up for a ticket
1: He set the prices and he said, I'm making all the tickets affordable. There are levels, but they're all affordable tickets. And there is no secondary market. If you can't go, the tickets are not transferable. And if you can't go to the show, it goes back to the marketplace and you'll get what you paid for the tickets. And somebody else will be able to buy them for, for that same value. And he nice. also, if you if you read today, he got Ticketmaster because he said a lot of fans are complaining about the fees. Even though the ticket price was low, the fees are exorbitant, the Ticketmaster fees. Did you just read this, Dave? He took it to Ticketmaster and he said, what's the deal? And they are now crediting $10 to tickets at, that were a certain level, like a low-level low, low level tickets where people were paying, like Dave, you were saying, if you pay $20 and then you pay $20 in fees, Ticketmaster is crediting the accounts of people who bought those tickets because of Robert Smith. And it's a big deal. Eddie Vedder couldn't pull it off when he tried years ago.
0: Well, they did something different. They were trying to do it without Ticketmaster and they're Robert Smith is trying to partner you know,
1: these artists that have made an effort to, to keep ticket prices down with through Ticketmaster and hasn't worked and he's doing it. So my hat is off to Robert Smith.
0: You're not wearing a hat.
1: My <laughs> figurative hat. <laughs>
0: Do you go to concerts? Are you a concert goer?
2: Not really. I used to go a lot. I'm not a big concert fan. But if if there is like uh, The Cure in LA, I would love to go. But um, but I think I'm uh, I became uh, too nerdy to go to concerts anymore.
0: <laughs> no, not at all. Come on, nerdy.
1: We nerd out at concerts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Who would you go out to see now? Like if it were. If uh, maybe if Sig Sig Sputnik was uh, was playing, you'd go to that uh, show. Oh yeah, I would go to see Bob Marley. Oh, okay, well, good luck with that. Well, <laughs> I, I think he may be indisposed right now, but okay, all right. So you're not going the show. Fair enough. You're a busy guy. You're up. You're up clearly past midnight doing other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah doing podcasts. Yeah, exactly. Number thirty five. This is Peter Gabriel's Big Time. Must be a Peter Gabriel fan. Were you? Yes. Leader? Yeah. And were you yeah. the album So? Did you? I'm sure you had this actually, probably the CD of So. Did you have that? Did you buy that? I, I had the
2: vinyl, the CD, the everything. And, and I went to a concert at Le Zenith in Paris. I think it was 1992 or 1983. And his mm-hmm. charisma. And I never do that, but I went with my friend just in front of the stage, and I, and I remember looking at Peter Gabriel for the entire show like that. I, <laughs> I was like, "That, that he's incredible." And yeah, and his videos are, were amazing. It was very uh, Jean Baptiste Mondino type. And it was again MTV and very uh, creative era. It was amazing. Sledgehammer was amazing too, the video and the song. Again, uh, he's a guy who was ahead of his time with his sound, with the video, the collage and the way he was using his face on the videos and everything. Yeah, a big fan of Peter Gabriel.
1: His vision for his music was pretty amazing.
0: Yeah. yeah, I might need to drag Holly to a Peter Gabriel show. He's playing this year. Nice.
1: I, I will happily see Peter Gabriel. My wedding song is from this album.
0: Is it? Don't give no. up. Uh, no. No. Wait. What, that's not a romantic song. Let's see. Wait. Uh. Oh, in your eyes. There you go. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. What? Not in your eyes. Then I'm out. Oh
1: yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was one. Of, <laughs> that was one of them. Yes, that was one of them.
0: Okay. Uh. Wasn't that on Say Anything? Wasn't that the song that they played? What was the song that uh, John Cusack held up? Say anything. I think it was in your eyes. Uh
1: yeah, it was in your eyes. There you exactly. go. Exactly.
0: So oh okay. So this basically I mean she, Holly's got it bad for John Cusack. So I think that was that's what she, <laughs> that's what I love she
1: left John Cusack. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great album. This whole album actually was a oh, really good album.
0: it, it is. Yeah. I haven't played in a long time. I should pull that up. Okay. Let's keep moving. Number 34 is is the song Superman by the band R.E.M. familiar with this song this was the only no. the only single and it's a cover song were you familiar with uh either one of the the versions? no i can't stand rem cannot wait i'm sorry i i,
1: I, I th- <laughs> davis is quitting his <laughs> that's, band.
0: It, that's it oh i thought we had a connection <laughs> here sam and all of a sudden now <laughs> but i have a good reason okay
1: because- michael I diss you <laughs>
2: because when I, I was working for Energy as a DJ for uh, in Paris for seven years, and for seven years, this song was uh, "Losing My Religion" from R.E.M. was the number one song in research all the time. So I think I played that song like maybe in my life I played that song ten thousand times, yeah. and I'm I'm sick of the sound of not just losing my religion, but uh, REM, <laughs> it's it's for me it's burned burned out. <laughs>
0: just not okay. So it's not Dave. You're it's, up. It's just not a hatred of mandolin. It's it's everything. Okay. I, yeah, yeah, It's, it's
2: just, just, and I recognize the the sound like instantly, and I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah, enough. because every time there was a research at energy, I was jumping on it to see who was number one. And every time it, w- it was losing
0: my religion, every time. to the greatest goddamn song of all time. That's why.
1: <laughs> I guess if you listen to your research, it, it is. Yeah. No, yeah, research because does because not lie. It doesn't make it the best song.
0: I beg to differ. The people don't lie. People have the power and the people have spoken. Listen to the people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There
1: no. there are much better REMs. Much Nope. Music is nope. is
0: <laughs> Holly will always take the guest point of view.
1: No, I'm not I, 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 lo- I happen to love REM, not like Dave loves them, but that is not my one of my favorite songs because it was so it was so overplayed. <laughs> I prefer some of the you, How know. about what's the frequency canon? That's one of my favorites.
0: Okay. Yeah, like your Friday I'm in love type thing. You've heard it too many times, you don't need to hear it anymore. I haven't yeah. burned out in that. I understand, especially if you have to, if you're announcing this song and you got to find something unique to say about it <laughs> every, each and every single time. We've talked to radio people who have their songs and like, no, please, God, no, you know, they're to heaven. Just like, nope, 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 <laughs> please, yeah. I, I do not want to hear this again. We get it.
2: There are some songs that I have played a lot, like for example, uh, The Eagles' "Hotel California." And I'm I still love it. So I think also it's a question of mood because REM sounds to me very sad. Maybe I'm wrong, but no. it sounds sad. It's it's like it's something very deep.
0: Yeah, there's those minor chords. But Superman was different in that. I mean, it's it's just it's kind of a goofy song. I don't know if you played it, but it's it's kind of a, a fun song. And they in the album it was kind of almost a hidden track before I had the album of it. There was the album ended, and then there's like. Maybe 10 seconds of silence. you think it's over, but it's not. And then Superman comes on. And I, all I remember is that The Clash also had that with Train in Vain, which is really weird for me. You know, like this is the single, but we're not going to put it on the album. The, the Clash didn't have Train in Vain listed. REM didn't have Superman listed on the album. I, you know, that might have hurt their sales, but who knows? It's still a great song and a great cover. And I, I like the, the original version. Did you listen to that, either one of you?
1: I did not. You didn't look. Okay. <laughs>
0: talk about REM later. We're going <laughs> to yeah. someone who could really appreciate REM. Okay.
1: Dave is going to sell you on them. You you were going to come out of this an REM fan. Oh,
0: eventually. Yeah. I'll, I'll send some stuff for. it. <laughs> I'm
2: sure Dave can convince me.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, number 33 is a band that was probably big in Europe. This is the band called Sparks. Music that you can dance to. Music that you can dance to.
3: Crack, should
1: the
2: Another band that was ahead of its time, with uh, the sound, the spirit, the feeling of it, the beat, uh, the videos, it was very creative again. And I was not playing a lot of it. I think it was more played on some kind of pop rock stations. I've noticed them a lot, uh, especially again on MTV. and, And this song, I didn't know this song. It's the type of song I would play in the middle of an electro set right now if I if I had to to do one just to surprise people.
0: Yeah,
1: and the video was really fun.
0: Yeah, did you see the uh, they had a, a documentary that came out on their career by Edgar Wright? It came out was it two years ago now? Yeah, all about Sparks. Everyone thought they were a band from Europe, but they were from Los Angeles. They're mm. they're California from boys. Right down the road. Yeah, they went to UCLA. Yeah, they had they that Europe uh, Europe feel. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, a unique band. They're playing the Hollywood Bowl this summer in case you want to come out. <laughs> I think I'm going to come and leave in an A. Yeah, right. Nice.
1: You're- <laughs> we'll get- this time it'll work.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes, let's do it.
0: Okay, another dancey band that both Holly and I love is the B 52s, and this is Summer of Love.
2: I was a big fan of Love Shack, yeah. of course, and I loved it because it was a rock song that we could play on a dance floor. Uh, right. And it's the rock song that everybody likes, in fact. But yeah, B-52s, uh, and I like the songs that are in these charts for this podcast, because they have this uh, kind of alternative That's sound. That's what yeah. they build
0: themselves as. Yeah, yeah.
2: and yeah. dancey, yeah.
0: It was interesting. In 1986, there was a a radio station right next to K-Rock, a station called Power. It was all dance. Holly worked there, and they were kind of counter-programming to K-Rock, playing pop dance songs, like doing remixes and things like that. And so K-Rock kind of uh, reacted and started playing some remixes as well, got more dancey. That was around, around this time, yeah.
1: Yeah, right around this time. I worked there a year, 87. We listened to both. We listened to K-Rock for the alternative and Power for the dance.
0: Yeah, Summer of Love was not a big hit, but it hit number three on the dance charts here. It's just music you could dance to, like Sparks.
1: Were they big? B-52s in Europe?
2: Yes, with Love think. Shock.
0: Yeah, yeah once yeah. Love Shock, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. They took, this was their last hit. They took a sabbatical because their guitar player passed away. They thought they were going to break up, but they got back together three years later and came up with cosmic thing and then took over the world. <laughs>
2: yeah. And it was huge.
0: Yeah. It was at this time they were like, we're not going to tour. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to promote this. And so you know, thought this was going to be the end of the B 52s, but it did not happen happily. Now they're in Vegas. If you want to see them, you're going to have to go to Las Vegas. They're doing a residency there. So after mm. the Hollywood bowl shows, we'll go to Vegas and we'll see them. <laughs>
2: Hey, we got we got a to world
0: t- we got a tour for you. Yes. Okay, please clue us in on number 31. This is the the band or the artist Ken Heaven. The song is The Calling. I listened to it, I'm scratching my head like I don't get this. <laughs> Maybe in Europe it might have been something. Was it something? No, same thing here. I was like, what the is
2: that? This? <laughs> right. Yeah. Very strange to have that thing in these charts.
1: Dave, I want to say, okay, did you see this? I'm gonna show you the um the artwork from the record. Rick Harrell is listed on here. And Altavera, who I think I worked with at Power 106, there are a few names on here from radio and the record business.
0: Is that right? Uh, that's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like a, a manufactured hit or, or right. song, just kind of like something that they created in a radio production studio. Which is not uncommon. I guess not. What? But, but to put it at number 31, I don't know. It says uh, an Italian Swiss singer. Yeah, it says he used to be a radio and TV speaker and had some involvement in I mean, this could have been you, Sam. Yeah, yeah. You, you could, it sounds like a joke. Yeah, it, it really does. <laughs> Yeah, it started charting on Billboard, and it's just—I mean, it sounds like okay. New Order is big. Let's uh, let's create a, something that sounds kind of like New Order, yeah. and uh, you know, the soundtracks are are big, like Six Feet Nick. Let's combine this and make our own radio hit. They came up with uh, the calling. I don't know. I don't get it. But yeah, yeah me too. I was like, <laughs> "What's that?"
1: <laughs> Pen Heaven.
0: Well, in fact, I, I, I put my
2: glasses when there was this song. I was like, what?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, right. But that's the reason we do this. Like, there's some songs that have been kind of lost through time, but they're on this chart. So they were played back in 1986, and now people can hear it. You know, we're talking about it. You hear that little snippet and go, uh, no, this, okay. Really, this was something. Okay. Someone remembers it. <laughs> not Not me you but- <laughs> not me. <laughs> All right. We did it. Congratulations, Fabulous. Sam. We got through 10. Thank you so much.
2: And we'll definitely uh, go out, three of us in LA when I will be
0: there. Counting on it. All right. Yeah, we'll count on that. All okay. right. Okay. Get- That's cool. Thank, Thank you for having me, guys. All right. Take Thanks, care. Sam. All right. Thank Bye. you so much. See you soon. Bye. 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 See you soon. All right. So... Thanks, Holly, for introducing me to a new friend.
1: I love introducing good people to good people. And I have known Sam for so long, and I am so happy to have been able to have him on the podcast because I knew he would be such a worthy contributor.
0: Yes, I, I love to hear that stuff, except for the REM situation, but I'm sure we'll settle that somehow. Anyway, he makes
1: no apologies for that.
0: No, he does. That's all I ask. When uh, when people come on the podcast, just have an opinion and stick with it. And no matter how wrong you are, I will uh, sort of respect you. I'll try and respect you.
1: Or no matter how wrong you are,
0: how <laughs> dare <I'll tear> you?
1: <laughs> I mean, hypothetically, if you were ever to be if, wrong,
0: if I thank you, if I was ever to be wrong, which would never ever happen. Anywho, we've got this podcast that we put out every Friday. And we uh, we thank you for listening to it. We invite you to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform because, yeah, on Fridays, new episodes. So where else might one find us?
1: And if you miss us between Fridays, you can find us on social media at WDDIM Podcast and on our YouTube channel at What Difference Does It Make Podcast. Check out some clips. Check out some concert footage that we've seen lately.
0: Got some shows at the bowl, apparently. Kept mentioning the bowl in this episode. Again, thank you for listening. Uh, Please find us on our website, wddimpodcast.com. Sign up for the newsletter. See beautiful pictures uh, that we release to the public every month. We only send it out once a month, so who won't flood your mailbox with any of that stuff?
1: Once a month is nothing. Come on. You know
0: you want to read more. Come on. That's right. Just come on. Let's wrap this up. Until next week, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out.
3: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.